0: Welcome back to uh, part two of our look at chapter three here in AP World History, and uh, now we're going to continue our look at Greece and Persia. Uh, I had to cut it off briefly at the, or abruptly at the end on that last one, and I apologize for that, um, and I kind of made it sound like we were done with Greece and Persia, but hey, we got a little bit more here. We got to go into the conflicts between the two, so we got the Greco-Persian Wars, and then we got Alexander the Great uh, and his great empire that he's going to create. Now, one thing to get into uh, that the book brings up before we get into like the real, actual wars is uh, modern scholars and a lot of scholars throughout history put this moment between Greece and Persia as a major moment in history uh, because Greece is the basis for Western civilization. Um, and uh, This will then get portrayed by the Greeks at the time of despotism versus uh, freedom or democracy, and it's still looked at that as, as today. But one thing to take into account is a lot of Greek civilization in um, that time frame was heavily influenced by the Persians and the Greeks, or the Persians and the Egyptians. Sorry, and earlier civilizations that had gone through there. Um, so uh, Greece didn't come up with it all on their own. It, it's it's a process that uh, took place with with them bringing in other ideas and making their own thing with it eventually. So moving on to the actual war. Uh, why, why do the Greeks and the Persians fight? Well, you'll see that uh, the Greeks had settlements in Anatolia, which is modern-day Turkey, and the, their settlements were kind of rebelling against the Persians a little bit because they didn't want to deal with the, the kings and their rules, and the Greek city-states support those, uh, especially Athens, and that leads to the Persians invading twice um, in 10 years roughly apart or so, uh, with the first one being the, the Battle of Marathon or invading at Marathon under Darius the Great, and uh, they uh, attempt to go there, and the Athenians and, and some other Greek allies uh, absolutely annihilate them, um, just poor planning by the, the Persians uh, and thinking they could use overwhelming force coming off of boats, and the, the Greeks, uh Forced the uh, the fight in a narrow pass, which we then see in the in the second battle. So in the Persian Wars, then, which come a little bit later under his son Xerxes or Darius's son, sorry, uh, Xerxes, um, we see this continuing. You see this at the Battle of Thermopylae, the famous Battle of Three Hundred, uh, which doesn't the book doesn't go into too much. But if you've paid attention to pop culture and like seen the movie Three Hundred or heard of it or and stuff like that, um, you you'll know what they're kind of talking about there. So. Um, The Greeks will defend them there. Thermopylae is a loss, but eventually the Greeks will will push the Persians out, and the the Greeks are victorious over the Persians. Um, This will lead to a golden age of culture in Greece, uh, where they become uh, more powerful. They um, are able to kind of do what they want to do, uh, which they were afraid they weren't going to be able to do under the Persians. And... Uh, to commemorate all this, their their glory and everything else, they create giant and grand temples. Uh, they create many Greek plays, the the famous plays of like, uh, by Sophocles and stuff like that. Uh, you have Oedipus, um, the whole the whole trilogy there with that one. Um, you have Medea. You have all these great great plays that come about at this time, and you also have the philosophies that come out of this time. Uh, and we'll talk about those philosophies later when we get into our our part of this unit on religions. Um, So you have all that going on. Um, It also spawns uh, imperialism uh, within the Greek city-states in that, well, someone's got to be on top of all of us and who's the best, and so they start fighting, and that leads to the Peloponnesian Wars where Sparta and their allies in the Peloponnesian League Fight against Athens and their allies in the Delian League, and the Peloponnesians eventually win under Sparta, but really no one won because they exhausted all the resources fighting each other, which then we see allows Macedon to come in and conquer. Uh, Philip II, Alexander the Great's father, comes in in 338 and unites all of them by conquering them all, and then he dies, uh, he's assassinated, and his son takes over. His son reestablishes control over Greece and then goes after Persia because, well, Persia's evil uh, in the Greek context of things. And so uh, he goes into Persia, runs over everyone, doesn't lose a single battle. And his empire would stretch uh, from Egypt uh, to Anatolia, north to south, and east to west from uh, Greece to, to India. I mean, he gets all the way to the Indus River. Uh, he wants to keep going into India, and his soldiers say, Nah, we don't We don't really want to go any further. We, we're kind of homesick. And so they eventually go home, and then he dies at around age 33 uh, from drinking too much and illness and, and other things like that. Um, so uh, what else is there to bring up with Alexander the Great? I'm trying to figure out. Hmm. Uh, Alexander's image, uh, because he's from Macedonia, uh, one of the things they bring up is that uh, he's looked at as, as a liberating king. Um, whether or not that's actually accurate is a whole other thing, because uh, he, he just became a king himself. He didn't really change the system. He actually adopted a lot of the Persian, uh, some of the Persian customs and culture. Uh, but uh, again, I mentioned that he dies at age 33. And. Um, uh, there is no successor for him. Uh, his son, he's got a really, really young son. His son will be killed uh, by his generals, and his generals will take over the empire, and it will get divided into four, four different empires um, that will eventually get conquered by the Romans. Um, so uh, the major confidence here is not that he creates some long-lasting empire. It's actually the culture that spreads throughout this, and it's what we call the Hellenistic Age, um, uh, which is just the spread of Greek culture and Greek ideas and uh, the greatest example of this is a city in alexandria in egypt and we have to actually be specific and say egypt because he created tens of alexandrias throughout the world any new city created he kind of named it after himself because well what better way to name a city Uh, so uh, alexandria becomes one of the major uh, cities it has uh, a half a million people at its height and it's a cosmopolitan place the most famous thing there is its lighthouse and library uh, the lighthouse signifies the the trade that's going on there. The library is all the the uh, academics going on there. The mixing of cultures. Um, Greek will become the lingua franca, which means that it's the the main language, just like English is today. You can speak English anywhere around the world, and you should be able to find someone that can help you. Uh, back then, in the Mediterranean world, you could speak Greek anywhere, and you you'd be able to do okay. Um, we can even actually see this even in India with Ashoka publishing some decrees in in Greek. Um, again, showing the influence of Alexander on, on the start of the Marian uh, empire. Uh, then, uh, this will lead to the creation of some other, uh, groups, uh, one being the, the Pharisees in Egypt or not in Egypt, sorry, in Israel, um, with, um, their creation and interpreting the, the Torah, uh, properly and how do you follow the laws and stuff like that. And, um, there are a couple of things that are taken away from the Greek culture that was key, like the the freedom, the idea of freedom and, and democracy and stuff like that. That doesn't really spread. Instead, it's about controlling the people. So democracy isn't a great way to control people. So we, we kind of get rid of that. And uh, they also try to maintain themselves or the Greeks try to maintain themselves as better or different from everyone else and um, avoid trying to... Um, Mix with other races, um, limit citizenship, and stuff like that. We do see some of that happen, uh, but uh, that was, they, they weren't too thrilled with that happening. So um, eventually, what will happen is this Hellenism will, will end uh, with the conquest of the Romans, and you'll then see the Roman culture spreading. Um, but uh, Roman, Roman culture is partially based on this, so we still see some of those ideas uh, filter through after that. So uh, that's it for Greek and Persian now. Uh, Next, uh, we'll be taking a look at Rome and China.